This is an audio recording of the Lendit Fintech Weekly News Show. The show is streamed live on Lendit TV, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter at 5 p.m. Eastern Time every Thursday. In this fast-paced show, the Lendit News team and a special guest discuss the most important fintech news stories of the past week. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Fintech Nexus Weekly News Show. My name is Peter Renton, Chairman and Co-Founder of Fintech Nexus, and uh, joined today not by my colleague Todd Anderson, who was actually who had a, a flight um, d- delay and ended up not being able to do the news show today. So Kevin Travers, our intrepid reporter, has stepped in. Thank you, Trevor. How are you? Great. Great to be here. All right. Thanks for thanks for the last minute for for jumping in again. So uh, and we have uh, Tim Lee as our special guest today. How are you doing, Tim? Hello, Peter. Great to be here. My fifth appearance. Fifth appearance. All right. Good. I think so. Yeah. Thank you. So give us give us give us a, a like a thirty second uh, oh. thirty second sort of summary of what you what you've been up to the last few months. Sure. Last time we uh, got together, I was um, heads down raising money. You know, this was back in uh, I guess March, uh, uh, February ish. And uh, we, you know, as you, some of you guys have seen, we got acquired by an awesome company called Business Warrior. It's actually a publicly traded uh, company here in the U.S. Uh, they're traded on OTC. BZWR is the ticker. Check it out. Um, and uh, it was a fantastic marriage. They uh, they built a lot of the uh, small business facing software, and uh, to a certain sense, Alchemies are doing the same thing. Right. And we actually met as a client and, and a partner kind of a relationship. So we know them for a whole year. They kind of like what we did. Uh, long story short, the marriage happened. We uh, got acquired by Business Warrior, and now we're working for Business Warrior okay. under the Alchemy brand. So, well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you very much. So let's you. get into it. We've got a lot of news to cover. The biggest story of the week. And finally, I'm thinking this has been, we've been talking about Celsius on the news show now for about six weeks straight every single week <laughs> i'm hoping this sort of at least wraps up a chapter as uh they the wall street journal reported actually everyone reported late, late yesterday that uh they have declared or they filed for mm-hmm. chapter 11 bankruptcy protection they um you know they we we suspected this was coming um you know we had we have others in this space the 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 crypto lending space um hasn't been a good space to be in if you don't have extremely st- strong risk management and i think uh most people would agree that celsius didn't um anyway they do have they have some money on hand they did have they had um 1.7 million customers as of june Mm -hmm. those customers are now going to be unsecured creditors and we'll see what happens there so the story will continue but uh it's really um it's it's sort of i guess the end of sort of this unknown chapter and now we're going into the bankruptcy phase yeah, super unfortunate. Um, you know, there, there are you know 167 million dollars cash on hand to Celsius. I guess 1.7 million customers. I wonder what the demographics of the customers are. And maybe Kevin can dive into it in a little bit. Risk management, even in a fiat environment, predicting credit loss and all that stuff is hard enough. Let alone the entire crypto market. You look at every single coin out there is 40, 50 percent off. Mm-hmm. It's just unfortunate that everybody caught. Uh, caught this uh, cold. Uh, it's good when it's good. It's bad uh, right now. It's, everything's horrible. So Absolutely. I hope some of those 1.7 million people get a little bit of cash out of this thing. Yes. Kevin? 
It's truly unimaginable. When the underlying that you're lending out goes down, then the whole thing falls like a house of cards. And it's sad to see. I One of the last public appearances the CEO made was at one of our events. And I was getting whipped up into his investor fury because he was saying mm. the future of banking, the future of investing is doing what investment banks do, but giving you the profits. And it sounded great. So I can see, I don't know, but your entire life savings uh, and people my age and older and people that don't mm. trust banks all taken away over just bad bets that and yeah. dealing within the same industry because there's nowhere else to put the capital, it feels like. Yeah, uh, in, a span of six, in a span of 40 days or something like that, 35, 40, 40 days is horrible. Well, yeah, I mean, this happened like, Kevin, you, like you were, I think, in the room when he when he last, when he he spoke, right? Um, yeah, I was and, supposed to talk to him and three days before they turned off withdrawals. Yeah. And then I reached out to my contact who was fired. Uh, and their email was deleted and I, they, they cut back in their own company. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, really, he's a great, he was a great speaker, um, Alex, uh, Alex Majitsky, and that's why we've had him speak many, many times. And, uh, you know, the, the company seemed to be doing well and they were doing well while, while crypto was, was going up. But uh, clearly some of the stories we've heard about over the last few weeks, um, you know, giving sort of unsecured loans out to to yeah. to people that um, you know with, with really with no collateral and and you know, large multi tens of millions in some cases and uh, just um, crazy. There's, there'll, there'll be books written about this. There'll be a movie about this. I think at some point. It's such yeah, an it's amazing like story. Big short. It's like the 2008 right. lending money right. on bad money, but it's confined to crypto. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, we're going to have a lot of bad news today. I'm just, it's just the way it's going to be. Um, so Stripe, this is breaking news that came out uh, late this morning. They um, Stripe, uh, basically someone figured out that, uh, well, it was, they, they have an internal email that went out last week that uh, basically they updated their 409A valuation, which is sort of an internal valuation. Often you're mm -hmm. using it to, uh, to price um, you know, options for employees and that sort of thing. They've gone and that, that's dropped. So that was at $40 a share. Now it's $29 a share. That's a 28% cut. Now this is not, they haven't gone out to the public market. So I haven't, I haven't gone out to the, to the private markets and tried to raise money or anything. So um, they don't, that, we don't know if this is necessarily what the private markets would value them at, but it's 74 billion now down from like, I think it was mm -hmm. the last, last, uh, last year. So Stripe, is not immune to the the pullback in uh, valuations. It seems. Yeah, they're so ingrained in you know our day to day sort of a uh, payments uh, activities. Mm -hmm. If you look at Target, Amazon, Costco, even uh, everybody's taking a 30 percent haircut, and that was a couple of months ago, right? Things had not really gone well for the past 20, 30 days. I'm not surprised they're taking a twenty eight percent haircut on. I'm thinking that there might be some layoffs here and there, but uh, they're just so plugged into everything we do. And, you know, when uh, Amazon catches a cold, Stripe will feel it. That's the bottom yeah. line. You know, Kevin. Yeah, it's they, they're the, they're one of the grandfathers of crypto, or not crypto, fintech. Um, and I guess I should have expected that they are going to lower in valuation just like the rest. Um, but still, when a big name like them shows that haircut, it's scary. Um, mm -hmm. Being or writing or covering the space or being involved in the space. Yeah. yeah, I wonder yeah. what the next step is. I mean, I feel like they're they don't need to raise any more money, but this has to be a precursor to something, you know. Yeah, I would. It's possible. I mean, I, I mean, I'd be surprised mm -hmm. if there's no layoffs because I mean, Stripe has a pretty. They've got a great business where I mean, everyone uses Stripe, it seems, and um, 
but when act- economic activity goes down and we've seen that um you know that like the amazon prime day wasn't wasn't as big as as, as they hoped and uh that's right there's not there's, there's just less activity happening and we're you know, talk talking about we might even be in a recession right now so they're gonna get hit um they've got their, their revenue i'm sure is 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 not gonna increase like it has been mm. forever right. so Anyway, talking about drops in valuation, I'm sure Klarna would yeah. love to have had a 28% cut in their valuation. Ugh. Their valuation was an 85% cut. Um, and we find this, this is another story that's been going on for weeks and uh, finally came to an end where they, they announced the, the closing of their latest round, uh, $800 million they raised i think the last round they did was a billion so they are still able to raise lots of money and you know they're growing like gangbusters but the valuation is now 6.7 billion you know, of course they had a had a they had a slide and they showed of a comparison compared to december of 31 2018 they have gone up 219 percent. so good for them but um you know, like you can't like they 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 have a public market comp with a firm. Um, Afterpay no longer uh, is a comp because you know now, you know it looks like a good deal for them. Afterpay sort of sold at twenty eight billion last year, looking good for the Afterpay founders. They got uh, they got block shares for that, um, but still, you know, Klarna mm-hmm. not a good can't, morale yeah. can't be good inside that company right now. Yeah, the other one that was super dra- dra- dramatic was. Zip and Sezzle, right? Yeah. That merger was just insane. Everything went to a penny. Uh, I mean, the, the, the companies are essentially worthless. Right. I don't and, know. And what the merger's off, of course. So. Yeah. The merger's off, off, right? There's no, nothing to merge. There's nothing left to merge, I suppose. But this right. is scary. I mean, buy now, pay later was going to be the latest um, version of fintech where no interest up front. Maybe there's a little bit for longer term loans. Um, and, you know, customers are happy. All I've seen so far is maybe the credit market. I mean, the the the, the charge off rates a little bit higher than expected. Um, you know, maybe the merchants are you know over their heads about how much uh, credit they want to extend uh, on their on their on their behalf. But eighty five percent correction on the valuation. Uh, Klarna, the number one guy out there, that's scary. You know, Kevin, what? Yeah, I mean, and even you know? even if they took the chance to go public or sell when they could have at the height like a year ago, mm-hmm. the the other companies are all down in valuation too. When when all Apple or Google or all a competitor has to do, like a massive one like Apple or Google, is just say, "Oh, we added pay and four to our wallet." That's not a good. What do you, what do you what what can you do to compete with that at all? Besides sales and trying to work with merchants. I guess. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All these guys are going down market directly through the retailers, and all the retailers become the NPL guys. So the Klarna and Zips and the sales of the world. Are to feel like they're the 2.0 now, right? The 3.0 is actually just having the retailers become BMPL players themselves. Right, right. And you know, Apple is obviously going to become a massive player mm-hmm. uh, in BNPL. Although, you know, when you think about it, like people, consumers love BNPL. So there's this, this is this is here to stay, and it's going to become a bigger and bigger industry. And mm-hmm. it's, if say just say like credit cards, you know, the credit card average credit card. Uh, um, total outstanding is somewhere around a trillion. It's usually a little, little under these days. Mm-hmm. But, right. um, so say the buy, buy now, pay later gets to 500 billion, which is not, you know, that, that's, that's probably not, uh, not that far-fetched. You know, that, that's, there's right. enough room for lots of players at that, yeah. at that volume. Yeah. So yeah. Apple can end up with 25% of the market and you can still have Afterpay and everybody else have healthy businesses. So, mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You have to be safe there. Anyway, so... The um, 
Next next story I want to talk about. This was uh, Three Arrows Capital. We've talked about them here before. They, uh, they there will be books written about this company as well because they they made incredible bets. Um, sometimes they did, you know, they, they they would they would leverage leverage the money they had and buy, you know, NFTs, lend it out, um, and, and and really just super risky stuff. Um, and you know they imploded. Now um, <laughs> that we, the company founders uh, have gone AWOL, we don't know where they are. Um, you know, I think there was a couple of tweets, but uh, no one knows where they actually are. You know, at, at the just at the start of this year, they had like ten billion dollars in assets, three arrows capital. Now they're they're done. They're done. And um, New York judges frozen the assets, whatever they have left of the company, and. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's just a crazy, crazy story when you see some of the moves these people made. I mean, mm-hmm. like, it just goes to show that there, you know, there's a lot of smart people in crypto, and also a lot of people that, you know, if you would if you were working for a um, a traditional bank and you saw some of the risk management practices at yeah. Capital, you would have just been like, oh my god, yeah. this is insane. Yeah, yeah, this is this is this feels like 2006 and 2007 trading derivatives again, right? All of these things are. Oh no, assets! Everybody's betting on top of everybody else, and it's not going to end well. It has to. It has a crash right. uh, like this. But yeah, I don't know what else is left in the uh, in, in their assets. Like probably just a bunch of yeah, that, that, who knows who knows what they're actually freezing. But it's not. It's, it's nowhere near ten billion. That's for sure. Chairs yeah. or tables, probably <laughs> was left. They went. They went to their Singapore offices, and there was like two monitors left, and everyone else yep. they got there somewhere yep. where hopefully the U.S doesn't extradite to the US. It's like the, the crypto markets are supposed to be like a revolution, not like old banking, but we're seeing the same mistakes that they made before I was even in high school. The same right. like mm-hmm. self-betting, self-dealing, then running at the when everything starts crashing. Yeah. It's, it's not, it goes uh, from people who are betting with more getting it over their heads to suddenly being on the FBI most wanted list. Right. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The unregulated like, markets are I don't know. I think we have a piece about regulation, but this, this, you know, if this doesn't call for regulation, I don't know what will, what, right. what will be for free investors. And it's just, it's just yeah. a bad. It's a, it just makes the whole industry look like a bunch of cowboys, right. really. And uh, that, that's mm-hmm. not a good. That's not a good look. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on. But this is actually not a bad news story. We're going to talk about Plaid. Um, Plaid announced today support for thousands of crypto exchanges. So you know, you can connect your bank account with Plaid. Super useful. Um, connect connect to your like your wealth management accounts as well, all through Plaid, but you couldn't connect your crypto, and that was that, that's been annoying. I mean, I keep my stuff in a spreadsheet, but partly because of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. anyway, that's going to change. Uh, they uh, so driven by customer demand. They are now basically um, connecting to. Uh, they're already live with Gemini, Kraken, Binance, Binance US, and um, and there's more to come. They're going to be they're going to be you know. Really, I said thousands of crypto exchanges are going to be able to be connected mm-hmm. through Plaid now. So that's 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 good news for the crypto industry, right? Yeah, that's great. I mean, like <clears throat> you know, your crypto wallet, crypto holdings is no different than your fiat holdings, right? So if people want to underwrite people with uh, whatever they own, crypto, fiat, asset classes of you know whatever real estate uh, income, right? That's what or cash flow. That's what Plaid does really well. I think that makes perfect sense. Any fintech startups want to lend against people's crypto holdings, not like you know, Free Arrows or anything, <laughs> anything else. We, anybody else we, we we mentioned, this is great. I think it's a great move for Pi. 
It's, I definitely think it's wonderful. It's funny how I'm, I'm, I use Plaid, we all have to use Plaid, obviously, but I'm nervous of the open banking concept only because they have all my data and I signed it away just so I could log into an app. But when it comes to crypto, we're all used to that. You can just look up my, my like MetaMask addresses and stuff. You'll see every transaction I ever did. That's sort of a weird privacy open native thing to crypto that it makes the, uh, makes the ecosystem very interesting. I think it's a great move and it's uh, sort of about time. Yeah. Yeah. This it's is really, definitely built for really, the other side of the equation. The I older FinTech yeah. 1.0 guys want to, want to peer into what's going on in the, yeah. this space. Right. And so like I said, it was driven by the wealth management and financial planning That's space right. because you, you know, a lot of these places out there, everyone's connected into the big guys and you get your crypto holdings and you can't, uh, and, and you know, there's going to be plenty of these, plenty of these wealth managers now who are trying to manage assets for people who've got wealthy in crypto. So that's, uh, that's probably what's behind it. So anyway, more, let's, let's go back to bad news again. Um, we have this, this, again, this just came out a couple of hours ago, OpenSea um, laying off 20% of its staff. Now the NFT market, you know, was so hot in 2021. Uh, the most popular, the popular piece Kevin has ever written was about how to mint an NFT. And, uh, that was, that was done like back in back last year, I think, wasn't it Kevin, but, uh, it's, uh, anyway, NFTs were so hot and now they're not. And so um, they said, the interesting thing about this is the CEO said that with this layoff, they can weather five years of this sort of low market conditions. Like the current volume that OpenSea is seeing right now, they can weather five years of that, which I thought is a pretty, that's, that's a pretty good runway, I would say. Have they been around for five years? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I don't, they, I don't yeah. think they have. <clears throat> yeah, and I wonder what 20% means. Is it six people or 60 people? I couldn't get my uh, hands on his tweet. Yeah, um, you, do, you don't know. I mean, it's. Yeah. I think it's more than six. It's probably think, more. Might be more than sixty. I've heard them touted as like a, a overhead light decentralized new age company, but apparently, according to their LinkedIn, there's 740 people that have claimed their oh, employees wow. of them. So that's like a hundred. Yeah. That's almost 150 people, right? Based in Soho yeah, and San Fran and other places. So that's scary. I know. So they were touted as a, like equity light, overhead light, but they sell, they, they make money on interchange from uh, NFT sales and they're down 40% or 20% here and there. And they only offer Polygon layer two of uh, Ethereum and Ethereum. And there's other alternatives. There's other platforms that mm -hmm. aren't really used as much, but still there's other platforms. They were the only player right. when I was writing up uh, that article in like October, right. they were really the only place you could go. And now it's just not. Last time I went, to, went on to OpenSea, I was looking at some of the uh, real estate properties in, in, in Metaverse. I, I thought that was going to just catapult them to, to, to the next level. What do you think, Kevin? What happened there? I didn't, you know, didn't get the traction they wanted it. It didn't get the traction. It didn't get the, the use case. I think there's a, there's a big runway in future for NFTs in every sort from music to ownership to properties in real world or I guess in metaverse. But there was also a lot of Americans and people flush with cash and a lot of institutions flush with new hires in a tech virtual only COVID world landscape. And that definitely, uh, uh, also with cryptocurrency prices skyrocketing, leads mm -hmm. to a huge amount of growth. And you see it cycle after cycle. And it's funny that they say five years because it tends to be four-year cycles in the crypto space, at least so far, where there's huge bull runs, wild, crazy fanfare noise, and then it all collapses down. Mm -hmm. um, but if they can survive, they can build something more in the future because they were what Coinbase 
and GameStop and I guess even Reddit copied when they're like, we're going to launch our own NFT platforms. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Coinbase's one hasn't hasn't gotten much traction either. So they, they launched at a bad time because they yeah. they launched right as NFTs were tanking, it seems. So anyway, we're done with bad news. So the last the last third of the show is gonna be good news. How about that? Or, 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 right. or neutral news, shall we say. Yes. So let's get let's get away from crypto. Let's get back to fintech. And um this is a, this was Ron Shevlin's article that um does he does his weekly column mm-hmm. in Forbes? Talking, they, there's a new. They did a new study at Cornerstone, um, which is the company Cornerstone Advisors is his company. They do research studies regularly, um, talking about non-finance companies and their potential opportunity for offering financial products. Now we've seen it a little bit um, so far. You know, like T-Mobile have have checking accounts through um, through Bank Mobile or B BMTC or whatever they're called now, mm-hmm. um, but. This is they, they, they basically surveyed people saying, you know, would you know, would you want to open like, would you want to get a, a home equity loan from Home Depot, and um, would you want to have a payments, uh, a payment method, a payment um, mechanism with PlayStation, um, and uh, and so they've got these, and, and the answer is yes, like huge numbers of these users want to have want to ha- want to be offered financial products. There's a lot of loyalty, mm-hmm. and I mean, some of the some of the numbers that they threw around in this article. I mean, these are not just little sideline businesses. This can be, right. I mean, uh, potentially massive business. I know you've been you've been on the bandwagon for a while, Tim, on this sort of embedded yes. finance uh, piece. Yes, I read I read this thing back and forth a couple of times. Ron, thank you for writing this article. I love this space. the The one point oh two point oh guys in the in the point of sale financing final pay later space are affirmed right, of the world. That's a big juggernaut, right? And we talked right. about some of those before. I think it is absolutely time for retailers to do this themselves, right? The technology is there. Yep. They have the balance sheet to do it. Uh, why not? So this trend is going to be the future. I, I don't know how a firm is going to react to this. Uh, Apple came up with their own, right? I thought Apple was going to do uh, BMPL for everybody else, but they, Apple is one of the, you know, uh, poster childs on this, on this movement, right? The yeah, retailers really themselves are, are taking yeah. payment, um, uh, payment plans. Okay. Well, absolutely. I think Ron, and his run and his research that they do at Cornerstone Advisors are always spot on. Two days after this article released, PlayStation announced a loyalty rewards program for their players. Um, <laughs> that, you know, that it's going to have loyalty points uh, to be used as currency in their own ecosystem as well as like their own wallet and everything. It is completely on the spot. And I know that I spend more at Amazon because of their uh, their card that they gave me. Yeah, like I definitely do. So, and I know I understand like that even in my own I guess lifestyle. Are you a PlayStation yeah. guy, Kevin, or are you uh... Xbox. Xbox? But Xbox. also PC stuff. But man, that's talk about nerdy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's I didn't know that. That's uh, that's that's interesting. Okay, so uh, actually, moving on to a funding round. This and there's lots of funding rounds every week, and we don't really highlight. We don't very often highlight them unless they're big. But wanted to highlight this company because I really like what they're doing. Quadrata. You wrote about Sorry. this, Kevin. Seven and a half million dollar funding round from Dragonfly Capital, uh, and that's the thing. There are still good companies raising money, and um, because there's lots of there's lots of uh, dry powder out there in the yeah. VC world. So I just really like. Why don't you Why don't you talk about what you 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 wrote the article, Kevin, this week? So tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So Quadrata is a Web three passport startup. Uh, they're trying to make a, a Web three 
way to, or Web3 native way to make sure you are who you say you are when you're interacting with Web3 apps or um, crypto lending products or anything. Because um, one of the biggest problems, and it's refreshing to see them get their seed funding round, especially from Dragonfly. I talked to them before when they first split off um, from uh, Spring Labs uh, and in relation to TransUnion. Um, but they're pushing towards this world that we need. Uh, they're trying to balance the, the Web3, the DeFi uh, anonymity, uh, like pull and self-sovereignty with we need to know who's who if we're going to be giving up money, if we're going to be lending, if we're going to be transacting. Um, and they're trying to do it in an anonymized way where it sits in your uh, your account, your MetaMask, your, it, it's tied to your name, basically, whether you made uh, loans in the past year or whether you're mm -hmm. really who you are. I think it's a fine line and it's a difficult project to work on, but it's completely necessary. You talk to people in Web3, you talk to people that run exchanges, they're not worried about rug pulling and like, they're not there to steal your money if they're really serious. They're worried about people coming in and leveraging coins and then bringing it to their exchange. And they're sort of stuck holding the bag when things fall apart. Like we've just seen it happen in DeFi. So I, I love what they're trying to do. And I hope I'm excited to see their products as they roll out. Yeah. Yeah. This is the next stage of uh, identity verification, in my opinion. The portability of your identity, you can take everywhere as an extension on the browser. That's going to change the world. No longer would a centralized bureau or identity bureau say, hey, this is the sole uh, version of your identity, right? People can take it with them everywhere they go. I think it's actually great. And Spring Labs guys were came out of uh, Unova Financial, right, back in the days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah. Unova and then Avant, yeah. They, they, Avant, they, that's right. Yeah, they good know people. The consumer, the yeah. consumer credit space really well. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think, you know, if I, I'm just really excited about this product. And I actually, I interviewed John Sun on our Crypto Winter um, uh, interview podcast series that we just launched this week. And I interviewed him yesterday and actually, uh, asked him to point blank about when this product is going to be available. And said they hope to get something out in market by the end of the year. So, and this is really because you got your you go to your MetaMask wallet and you go and you you connect it to Aave or Compound or anything, and you mm -hmm. go off and it's all totally anonymized, totally anonymous, um, and you got no idea whether this person is a good credit or not. And what they're talking about doing is saying, right, if you go through this process, this, this AML process, and this sort of, you, you know, you can put your credit score on there. They're working with TransUnion. They've got a partnership with TransUnion for credit mm -hmm. scoring and, and reputation. So, you know, you can go, you can go around um, you know, in DeFi and potentially get better terms. If, sure. You've got better terms if they know who you are and they know you've got uh, a, a credit score of more than 720, for example. That's right. And you can, there's no point. Well, there's no reason why you shouldn't be getting better terms. Right. And identity has been verified in multiple places continuously. And right? if it just That's, says that as a check mark and not any identifiers, then the exchange doesn't know who you are, but they know you were who you said you were when you talked to TransUnion. And the people at TransUnion uh, who are so much more innovative than I thought when I got the chance to talk to them, I thought they'd be. I don't know, held back or something because they're legacy credit checking. But no, they're excited for eventually onboarding this as you can increase or build a credit score by using DeFi products in somehow in the future. Right. Yeah, no, Trangy, you know, I mean, I, they, they spoke at, uh, at at FinTech Nexus back in New York a few weeks yeah. back. And that I, I actually just went back and re-listened to that, to that session because I was interviewing John yesterday. And just, I mean, I feel like, cutting edge if you got a chance this is frank rotman interviewing john son and uh um uh liz liz um from transunion liz pagel from transunion and uh just it was it's, it's only a 20 minute session but boy some really great stuff in there i think the future of 
identity, the future of you know credit. Uh, it's it's all going to change. It's going to change slowly. I've come to think. Not going to be. It's not going to be as fast as what I thought a, a month or a year or so ago. But it's going to it's going to happen anyway. Almost out of time. I want to get to the last story, and this is just an, another another Forbes column that caught my eye this week, and basically saying, you know, there's been a lot of talk about buy now pay later and uh, regulatory challenges they may come against. And this this basically this this column was saying, you know what, I actually don't think there's going to be a major impact from or negative impact on BNPL with regulation. Um, even though like CFPB, we covered this on the news show when it happened back in December, open up an inquiry into BNPL. But, you know, the, there's a lot of people who say they don't think there's going to be any specific mm-hmm. BNPL regulation. And uh, the only thing I, I got out of this is that, um, is that um, it's disclosure. I mean, uh, BNPL players don't really charge a whole lot of interest rates, right? And maybe there's longer-term products that has a low uh, interest-bearing product. Uh, but it's NSF fees, overdraft fees, hey, you draw payment, you didn't tell the customer, all those interest-free, all good and all, but, you know, there's $25 uh, NSF fee. So I think some of that stuff that needs to be just disclosed to people, uh, to the consumers. But I think BNPL product at its core is a great product. No interest, pay over time. In today's inflationary market, you got to stretch your wallet a little bit, right? Pay it over top, uh, top days, but letting the customer know, hey, here's what you're really getting into when we draw that payment from your checking account. If you don't have money, there might be a $25 fee. Just disclose up front as much as possible. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, this article, you were totally right. It talked a ton about disclosure um, and about buy now, pay later products that are buy now, pay later in name only, but still function more like an old fashioned credit product. Mm-hmm. And I think. That the only way to get rid of that is by building specific regulation for buy now pay later. But as the article uh, sort of pointed out, it would be really difficult because right now, if you report it for a credit score, say for FICO, it would count as like a two hundred dollar prepaid credit card. So mm-hmm. paying that off and then closing that card would destroy your credit, especially if you did it right. four times a year, as some people do it buy now pay later. Um, but yeah. it showed the need for new regulatory, I guess, oversight as a way to help industry, and we're seeing this more and more, especially with the industry getting a haircut after haircut as we're watching. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, think, I think all the three major credit bureaus are committed to doing something for buy now, pay later. I know that That's we've right. had, we've done, we've done webinars with Experian about this and, yeah, there it, it's going that that's the thing that's going to change and i think yeah because a lot of buy now pay later i mean a lot of them a lot of people pay it on time and they get no get no reward for it and that's mm-hmm. uh, that's that's going to change anyway we are out of time uh before we go though just one one little plug if i may we have deal makers west this is our boutique in-person event happening um at uh laguna beach um, down the street from here yep there you go the ritz <laughs> the ritz carlton at laguna beach it's uh okay. it's going to be a fantastic event we still have tickets available lend i'm uh, not going lender.com i keep i keep mm. making mistakes mm. on that fintechnexus.com find out come join us anyway we'll be back actually next week we will not be on because i'm going to be in london and todd is on vacation so we are going to skip a week we'll be back in two weeks um have a uh, have a great time everybody we'll see you back here then Thanks, awesome. everybody. Thank you, Peter. Thanks, Thank you, Kevin. Have a good one. Bye. Yeah. See you. Bye.